1: This is the Royal Blue Podcast from the Liverpool Echo, giving you the inside track on all the big talking points from Goodison Park. Hi, you're to Alan Myers, in Podcast. Hey, Alan, what are you going on tonight, mate? Thanks
2: very much, Gaza. Well, I'll tell you what we've got coming up. It's another packed podcast for you. I uh, hope you'll enjoy it. Uh, a little bit later on, we'll be hearing from the... I say new, he's not that new now, but uh, certainly recently new, Lewis Boamorte, uh, Everton assistant manager. Um, Talking about his reasons for coming to the club and also his relationship with uh, Marco Silva. So we've got that coming up a little bit later on. Also, Marcel Brands, he'll be talking to us about the summer he had, uh, getting all those transfers in, and in particular, the signings of uh, Iwobi and Gomez. Uh, so have a listen to that, see what you think of, of Marcel Brands, explaining how his processes work. And uh, quite an interesting uh, man, isn't he, uh, Marcel Brands? And I think certainly gone down well with... A lot of Evertonians and uh, we'll be hearing from the Everton director of football uh, after we've heard from Lewis Morte, And also after that, uh, I caught up with um, former player Anders Limpar uh, over in Sweden. And he's talking about his time at the club and I didn't know but he's a an evertonian from the age of 10 and even though I work with him at the club I never knew that so uh, so a very interesting man uh, certainly someone who speaks his mind and uh, and he talks about joe royal his relationship with the with his former manager and also takes the quiz as well about uh, the, the likes of um, what is uh, hardest opponent was in football and all these sort of things. So look forward to that a little bit later on. But first uh, on today's podcast, we'll be talking uh, about current things and what's happening. And we all thought, didn't we, that, well, we were going to be top of the league when we recorded this. But in the studio today, um, we've got uh, Phil Kirkbride, the Everton correspondent with me, and also Chris Beasley, uh, another Echo writer. And um, we'll start... I suppose, Phil, last night and uh, we're recording this on the Saturday after the, the Villa game. And Where did it
1: go wrong, do you think? Where did it go right? Um, <laughs> we were in control, I, I felt, for 20 minutes. Um, and then we switched off, quick free kick. We were turned, defensive line wasn't set and we've given away a very, very cheap goal. And then from then on it was was a hark back to those moments last season when we didn't react and and too many players went in on themselves for too long too many big players went missing I think it's fair to say Um, and it took too long for us to regain any form of control and composure in the game by which point we've got Iwobi and Moyes on. we've gone 4-4-2 but the clock to my left as it was last night is ticking down and it's going down quickly and we're not getting any closer um, and look yes we can point to the two horrible misses first one from Calvert-Lewin he's got to score he puts it anywhere else but where he did and Engels isn't getting it or Heaton's not going to get it and the other one Walcott of course he, he had time could have brought it down um, and should score but I think perhaps more more of an issue for Marco is why did we get ourselves into that situation in the first place and secondly why did too many players disappear at the crucial point Do you know Chris Phil
2: yeah. makes a good point there he, he mentioned it briefly um, when you look back at last season and think back to last season when we went through that bad period yeah. one of the features was as as uh, Phil sort of alluded to um, was that when we were poor in that in that period we we did go missing when players when we went one goal down yeah. um the 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 difference later on in the season yeah. was actually completely opposite you know when when even even when we had a problem near the end of the season we would come back and fight hard what 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 is that do you think it's a mentality thing do you think there's a yeah. there's
3: a lack of leadership on in the team what, what, what... Yeah. um definitely I mean I was reading Phil's verdict and Phil actually pointed out that I think it was over eighteen months ago now under under Sam Allardyce, was it Swansea City? Last time they yeah. they came from bat one nil down to come back and win a Premier League game. Wow. And that's pretty damning really, you know. 20 months, whatever that's been since then. So I think it it must be. Um, it was a big thing in the summer. They were looking for those characters, more leadership in the dressing room. and I imagine that would play a big part in the acquisition of Fabian Delph. We've all seen that Manchester City clip from the documentary there, where he's shown being very vocal in the dressing room and he's not sh- um, frightened to say, to say his piece. But of course, Fabian Delph's one of these Increasing number of players who is currently on the on the the injury um, list and uh, has not had a chance to show what he can do either on or off the pitch. I suppose he'll be there um, amongst um, his new teammates in the dressing room. But yeah, so uh, it's got to be that that sort of mentality issue for me, given that it's it's been so long. We see when they get ahead, those great wins they had in the spring towards the end of last season. Chelsea, Arsenal, Manchester United all well beaten. at at Goodison so it's great once they get the the tails up and get ahead, but it yeah it is a concern that if, if the opposition do score first, and I think that was a prevailing theme in Phil's verdict that you know it's the same old story really. And, and Phil, as far as Marco Silva is concerned, how does he
2: deal with that? Because it's not like you know there's a certain problem with a position and and you know he can fix it in that way or put somebody else in. Mm. You know it's 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 something for the team to work out. I'd suggest you know on the pitch and. When they're playing,
1: and maybe even privately behind closed doors, perhaps you know, I'm not. I'm not suggesting one defeat requires you know a crisis meeting of the players, but certainly if you're Seamus Coleman as 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 captain and somebody who I think we would we would generally class as as somebody who has leadership qualities, you will have looked at that last season, uh, sorry last night, sorry at Villa Park, and, and gone, well, this can't continue. You know, too many, too many big players, too many. Big name players, too many important players. Certainly down the spine of the team, either lost their cool, lost their composure, or just just went missing. Um, so, in terms of trying to find a solution, you're right. I don't, I don't necessarily know if it is something the manager can magically um, fix. As you say, there's there's no kind of oh well, bring X, Y, and Z in. But then, as as Chris alludes to, the only thing that I could come to a conclusion last night was, as he said. It may it makes more and more sense as to why Delph was recruited because you 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 were following that story. Al, at the time I remember it, like like we were um, the, the the phrases that kept coming out of, of of the club at the time was I think leadership and experience and that's what Everton perhaps didn't have yeah. at that point last night to steady the ship. Let's get our foot back on the ball. Let's be tight. Let's stop this swell of emotion in the ground from the home fans. Let's make that a one off. Let's get back in control of the game where we were, and then let's give ourselves a, a base and let's give ourselves more time to go and get an equalizer and then hopefully a winner. But it, it was it was all just too late last night. I I I
2: mean, you know I know you said, you know, it's it's early in the season and you're quite right. Um and we're not gonna see the team going out for a Chinese or an Italian, you know, to sort it out, you know, as they used to do. Yeah, um but I think it's really important to get it sorted out now because we can't have a, a period up to, say, September, October where that's allowed to just continue. Mm. You know, if you're going to have a good season in the Premier League, it's been proven time and time again that you've got to get your start right. And, 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 you know, it's really important, I think, that they get it sorted out now. And I don't know how you do that if you're Marco Silva. What does he do, Chris? <laughs>
3: yeah, Um At this stage of the season like you say it's so so important to to get off to um, a good start and that was the thing when Evertonian saw the the fixture list there was seen to be a lot of winnable fixtures there um, on paper I must say because given the similar results last season I don't think they'd actually won any of those games okay Villa were newly promoted but it was seen as a favourable set of fixtures and I think that's part of the disappointment why um, Evertonians are hurting so much after last night's results it was seen that it's an opportunity to close in on the top six this season. Manchester United and Chelsea both in a state of flux and Everton could be seen to make that challenge, but it's got to be done off a springboard of the good start. So what all Silva can keep doing is is working hard with those players. On the training ground, I think that the, the players he has brought in those this summer and last summer with Marcel Brands, it's seen as good recruitment. I mean... um, Evertonian's taking a bit of stick for these suggestions at winning the transfer window, phrases like that. But it's seen as good recruitment, both of the, of the last summers and bringing in the right types of players. So it's just a, 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 um, a case of getting the best out of those players. I'm sure there will be changes as he's, he looks to ease in personnel. Like we've mentioned, Fabian Delph hasn't featured yet through injury. Unfortunately, um, Jean-Philippe Gababin has picked up this injury now, so we might not be seeing him for quite a while. But the likes of Moyse Keane... Alex Awobi, they're now being um, gradually eased into the side and you'd imagine they'll be pushing for starting places in, in these games ahead and we'll be seeing more of those players who have come in. I mean, also we've mentioned Seamus Coleman there, leader in the squad, but his place is also under threat. there there. Um, Gabriel Sidibe, World Cup um, winner. I mean, he won't have come from Monaco to expect to sit on the bench. So these kind of players are gradually going to be integrated into the squad and you've got to hope that the results come um, as these players um, start to settle in at Everton. Yeah, I
2: mean, it, Phil. It, one, you know, you know, you know. I like a little bit of uh, social media, um, <laughs> and one thing I sat last night. I, I was out reporting, seeing a lot of the game, to be honest. But I was out reporting on on Berry, actually, and and when I got home, I, I always like to try and when I've worked, sort of calm down and and yeah. and relax, and before you can sleep, and. Um, the best way to do that, of course, is to read the fume uh, of <laughs> Everton fans. But um, what, I, what what I did what did stick out to me last night, which I was quite disappointed in, I'll be honest with you, was the amount of stick that Dominic Calvert Lewin was getting, uh, you know, on social media. Yeah. And and look, we've already talked about the miss, and, and we know that. And and is the lad, you know, has he got to score more goals? Of course, he has. You know, we know that. We're not there. But I, I just, I don't know what you think, but I just think it's a little bit over the top when we immediately see him being completely castigated, you know, by the fans. And, and, and you know, it's only a certain section, but, you know, yes, OK, you can do better. Is that fair? fair comment?
1: Yeah, I, look, Friday night's defeat was not because of Dominic Calvert-Lewin. Look, yes, he misses a, a chance. He really has to be scoring. Um, but, you know, in terms of, you know, I mentioned earlier, players going missing in that period after the first goal. Well, if Dominic Calvert-Lewin went missing, then so did... Nine others, maybe, you know, pretty much the rest of the team did. So, yeah, I, th- I think I think Dominic is obviously, and look, Dominic actually this week has said, look, he's got the number nine jersey now. He knows, and I'm paraphrasing, he knows he's there to be shot at. He is carrying the weight and yeah, the burden of and that Yeah, absolutely, and he he seems fairly at peace with the fact that he is under the spotlight. So, for the for the player himself, criticism will be it will be the norm look he will he's he's not impervious to it he will be he will feel it but he's not um you know he's not uh it's it's common for him in the sense that he knows he's in a position uh, of scrutiny singling him out i don't think he's rice i think there were bigger players more experienced players i think that's possibly the worst game andre gomez has played for the club um but again he wasn't solely down it wasn't just down to him that we lost. Um There was a lot of players absolutely. Not, not at their best. Absolutely. I mean. You yeah. could you know, Sigurdson was taken off for a reason. Mm. He wasn't performing. Richarlison taken off for a reason. Um yes, look, Calvert as we say, should score. Theo should score. You almost want Luka Dean with his immense quality to do better at the end. Yeah, I know it's on his right foot. Yeah. It's it was nobody should be singled out, of course. And going back to to the top of the of the point, Dominic is in that position metaphorically and physically, that makes him more of a target, if you like, if that's yeah. the best word. Yeah. Moyes Keens at the football club. The clamour for him to start is at an all-time high. Understandable, but you've got to trust the manager. He sees him every week at Finch, every day at Finch Farm. He'll know if he's ready to start a Premier League football match. Uh, and calvert has just got to get on with it. And, you know, last night was, was a great opportunity for him. He didn't take it, but He's an honest young lad. He knows his weaknesses, he knows his current limitations, and I don't think we can knock him for 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 what he does because he gives ev- he gives everything. And look, whether he will continue to lead the line in the coming weeks, let's 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 see. Um but no, he was he was not the reason we lost. Uh, Chris is it, there, there was a, a marked difference I thought when Iwobi came on when
2: um, King came on. Can you see them starting against Wolves? Can you see that being the case? Is it too early for... I mean, you know, he's quite yeah. cautious, Marco, isn't yeah. he,
3: with new players? Yeah, I I certainly think long-term, definitely, definitely with Keane, you're not going to get a player out of Juventus, of his talent, and I know a lot of people in Italy were quite bemused by the fact that they'd let him go. So you're not going to bring a player like that to the club and expect him to carry on on the bench. But what I would suspect is it... It would be maybe after the international break. So maybe we'll see. I mean, we'll have to see how Lincoln City goes midweek. I mean, does he mix it up then? And we'll see who um, does well against Lincoln and whether he wants to shuffle the pack against Wolves on the Sunday, who will have also had a tough European second leg themselves against Torino. I know they got a great result out there in Turin last week, but they'll have had a tough game. So we'll see what happens at Lincoln. But I, I think that going forward, certainly Keane would expect to be the the number one choice up front in in the months ahead. And um, Awobi could play his way in on the wings. But I expect, like you say, that um, Marco can be quite cautious with this. And I would imagine perhaps more after the international break, once we get to mid-September with that one.
2: I'm glad you mentioned uh, the Lincoln game, uh, because I'm sure there will be a time when you, if people listen to this podcast, we'll have known the result, but by the very nature of podcasts, Mm. um, so I, I don't want to talk about that game specifically, mm-hmm. but last few years, and you know what I'm going to say, yeah. you know, it's it's been shocking, you know, and I, nothing annoys me. Whether I was at Blackburn as a director, I used to get so annoyed with the manager because he he never played the right team. Yeah, um, I remember against uh, Southampton was it last season when we went out and yeah. and. and you know, and and you can go back. It's not just Marco Silva. You know, you can go back to Roberto. You can go back as far as as you like. I, I can't understand why managers start with a weakened side.
1: I, I, I had um, a silly, frank discussion, but a, a, a pretty straight and, and blunt discussion with Marco about this last season, mm. where I, I put to him why did you feel a weakened team, and he said I didn't feel a weakened team. <laughs> this the answer, is this is a squad game. Every one of the players that played is in contention to play in the Premier League, so it's. I don't accept that it was a weakened team. Uh, it was a changed team, but not a weakened team. So, as you say, I think I think that's what managers think, and that's how that their mindset about changes because they go, no, we've got squads that that have 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 got quality from one to twenty three or four, twenty four, twenty five players. How many we, we've got at the minute. Um, but the, but ultimately, for 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 us, for supporters, it shouldn't matter that we're playing Lincoln or if we're playing City in this, you know, in 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 whatever round of the cup, you play your strongest team. Yeah. And the importance of the cups has never gone away for us. It's never gone away for the listeners to this podcast. It's never gone away for the people stood on the terraces. But for managers, it's been a it's been an evolving thing and. You know, I think Marco's selections last season pointed to him. Certainly, in the League Cup, it's not a priority. He obviously felt that we were strong enough to go through against Southampton. We didn't. But interestingly, at the um, at the last general meeting, um, Farhad said, and again, I'm going to paraphrase that his 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 own expectations on the cups has now changed. It's shifted from, I don't really care about the FA Cup. We want top four to. Crikey, top four is actually really tough, isn't it? Let's go for the cups as well as as trying to progress up the league table. So, I believe and I hope that that has 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 been fed down to Marco. Um, and let's see what that selection is, and and hopefully it's um, you know going forward. It's it, it, he plays strong teams, and unfortunately going on going into a Lincoln League Cup tie on the back of a performance and a result like Friday. Only increases the expectation, or only increases the belief that he has to play his strongest team. That, or... uh,
2: and you know, I, I get what Phil said. You know about managers because it wasn't just—it's not just Marco Silva. I've had it from a number of managers yeah. who say that very excuse. You know, we—you um, know—it's it, a squad team. You know, we've got to use the squad. I get the goalkeeper bit. I do get that because that goalkeeper would probably sit on the bench all season if he didn't, um, unless there was an injury. But. The evidence shows that they don't do it when there's a league game. Yeah. You know, they they just don't do it and, and, and they would always play their strongest. And if in the later stages of these competitions, they play a Manchester City or an Arsenal, they start playing, the, the you know, the strong squad. So I think the evidence says that that's not correct. And I just think a cup run for Everton or a cup win more than a cup run, because we've had some cup runs, but a cup win for Everton would be so crucial and so um, is catalytic, catalytic. I don't, yeah, I don't know cat- what yeah. 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 you're saying. Know,
1: sorry to interrupt. But no, no, no. You've got you to remember the League Cup and the FA Cup offer routes into Europe. Yeah. We want to be back in Europe, and yes, we want to do it in inverted commas, the proper way after 38 games of slog. And yeah. and, and, and of yeah. course, ultimately, we have to see progression over the course of a season. That's the real litmus test of, of, of a team's growth, isn't it? Of yeah, course, of course. It is. Yeah. yeah. And that's long-term what Marco's been tasked with, and etc. Absolutely. But how much pressure is alleviated from a squad by end of February? If we've gone to Wembley and won the League Cup, you're into the Europa League, right, we've got three months of the season left, we can still finish... Top six, whatever. Top maybe you know maybe fifth, fourth. Who knows what's still possible at the table, but it just takes the pressure off having to you know well, we're out the cups again by January. It's all on the next the last okay. ten league games. Pressure. If goes. we slip up, we're, we're done for. I just think, yeah, I I don't understand like you. Al. I don't understand why there is this need to play weakened teams I, I understand the need for squad you need to keep your players sharp because if there's injuries you want it, you want them to be able to be up and running if when they needed but the Cups are just so important for me It'
3: more important than they've ever been um, next year 2020 will be the first time in Everton's 141 year history they've gone 25 years without winning a cup so for me that's the the biggest thing that's more than getting into Europe for me, a whole generation of Evertonians have, have grown up now, not seeing them, not seeing them win. That's what being a football supporter is all about: is, is those special memories, those special days out. For a club of Everton's stature, it's it's winning a a trophy, and it's not it's not um, an unrealistic expectation. We're not demanding Everton win the Champions League, but there have been fifty domestic cup winners since Everton last won the FA wow. Cup in in ninety five, won't You're you? Pulling could, a few out here, yes, yeah. I have to say. You're thinking the FA Cup <laughs> and the League Cup yeah. since Dave Watson lifted that trophy yeah. in ninety five. So yeah. next year, what will we be 50, 50 cup competitions since Everton did that? So it's a huge thing. There, there are there are Everton. I mean, I'm forty next week, but people, there are people now in in the thirties who got lads themselves who'll be a bit, just a few years younger than me. Who won't be able to remember ninety-five? They'll have lads and girls themselves bring, taking them to the game, and these these Everton dar's as we keep hearing about. Um, some of those won't, won't even be. Well, some of those will won't even even remember yeah, Everton absolutely. winning an FA yeah. Cup. That's, that's or a good point. Yeah. It's it's a whole generation, and Everton and Liverpool have sort of fed off the success of each other. There's nothing being a motivational factor like having your your neighbour's success. Ram down your throat, yeah. so you know all those youngsters who have have seen what Liverpool have done in, in recent months. And we're not being unrealistic, saying you know Everton have to match that, but just having those days out. And to be fair to Marco, in the FA Cup, he did take it seriously. He named a full strength team at Millwall, just weren't good yeah, enough. They got yeah. turned over at the day on it the was day. About he, timing, that wasn't it. I think. Yeah, um, <laughs> Southampton. Yeah, he did. He did ring the changes and and were made to to pay for it. I mean, yeah, it was ultimately with the league out of reach, there are just two trophies each year at the moment, with not being in Europe, two things to go for. So they're not going to be in you know, a relegation battle, ho- hopefully. They're, that's a long way off. So... You're not in relegation danger. Go for the cups. Go go all out for it. Definitely for for me, like I said, that's as big a motivating factor as anything as ending that run. Now it's not Marco Silva's fault they've gone so long without yeah, winning a cup, yeah. but yeah, it's as it's as 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 important as it's ever been.
2: Well, I, I um, it's, so, the reason I thought of it this week is because I've done an interview with Anders Limpar, mm-hmm. uh, who was in the last yeah. cup winning side, and and since won that cup he's, he's, he was near the end of his career He's played for another three teams <laughs> he's coached one he's managed one he's opened a bar in Sweden <laughs> he's sold a bar in Sweden he's uh, you know he's opened another company he's running a betting company now and he's done all that In the time that we we haven't won a trophy. And, and it's you know, we we jest about it, but it really does, you know, that feeling at the end of a cup game when we've gone out and your head drops. I mean, I was reporting on it it for Sky against Southampton last year. So, you know, I have to stay impartial in that respect. But at the end of the game, my head dropped and I thought, here we go again. You know, and it took me right back to a time when we played Aston Villa at Goodison. Um, and we got to, I think it was the quarterfinals of the FA Cup, and it was the first year that they played the semi-finals at Wembley. Yeah. And I remember thinking, this is it, this is our chance of going to Wembley, even though it was a semi-final, you know, it was our chance of getting to Wembley. And uh, we lost, I think Carbone scored, and, and we lost... We lost two one or something, you know, and it was just, you know, I've had that feeling since then, and and, and probably beyond that, you know, and uh, I just think
3: it's it's time now that we've got to get serious about winning a trophy.
1: And I think in those, do you say fifty teams, Chris? Well, it
3: will be one well, if it's twenty five years, so two domestic so, cup competitions per mm-hmm.
1: year. You know, and that role of honour isn't exclusively made up of the elite. No. Swansea, hundred no. percent. You know, yeah. Birmingham are on there, yeah. aren't they? Portsmouth, Portsmouth, yeah, be in Middlesbrough, there. yeah. yeah. So that that that's, yeah. that's the most galling thing, I think for yeah. me is that they've gone and done it. Yeah. So, you know, why not us? Yeah. Why we know
3: it's, t- we know it's tough. And if you, I think if you do look in the recent years, those second 11s of your Manchester cities and even Chelsea's at times, teams like that are so strong that it does, it doesn't make it, it makes it tough, but yeah, over you know that quarter of a century since there's been a lot of clubs with a lot lesser resources than Everton yeah. who have gone the distance at least once. Um, I don't think it's re- unrealistic for a club of Everton's size, certainly now with Farhard's resources and the ambition he's showing. One trophy for dec- per decade for a cl- club like Everton, um, so to have gone two and a half now without anything at all, I mean, it, it, it's tough and it, it, it's, it's got to end soon, you, you would hope, for, for all those long suffering supporters.
1: Of course, uh, sorry, Alan. The problem is as well, it probably is worth saying on, on, the, on the flip side, if you like. Um, as much as there's been a shift in terms of Farhad's thinking and maybe what he's now telling Marco about the importance of the Cups, there's definitely been a shift from that, that period we went through in English football fairly recently where the big clubs were fielding teams of kids and still get... S- City and Pep, yeah. he, he starts every season right? We're winning the League Cup. That's right. Yeah. So yeah. that does complicate right. matters now.
2: I think it was Arsenal Wenger that started it, really, yeah. wasn't it? With Arsenal, I remember some of the teams. I remember Fabregas coming on as a yeah. against us as a, as a kid, you know. And we all wonder who this guy Fabregas was, you know. And 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 he did well. He won, <laughs> you know. He used to get to finals yeah. with the kids playing. In fairness to him, yeah. But um, but you're right. There's definitely been a shift of the bigger teams thinking, you know. Hang on a minute. The, the trophies in the cabinets look good, yes. you know. And and, <laughs> and 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 if you look at City and you look at other teams, you know, in that top six. It, they regularly do win trophies and and that i think that um sort of uh, says a lot about your football club. I just want to end this section on 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 the start of the season, you know, obviously we've talked a lot about pre-season in previous podcasts, but the start of the season, we saw the Crystal Palace game, we saw the the win against Watford which although, you know, we played some good football, it wasn't a commanding win, i don't think. Um what what are your sort of views on on the
1: start if you like <laughs> certainly after the Watford victory i was i was relatively satisfied i think i think we still have to m- be mindful of the fact that certain players haven't had full pre-seasons so it's clear that certain players i'm thinking richarlison in particular aren't fully where they were last season so i think we have to be mindful of that but i was i was i was comfortable with the fact that the foundation seemed to be there. We were solid, it seemed. Yes, as you say, against Watford, we weren't always in command and we had to soak up a decent amount of pressure. But I thought, well, you build from the bottom, don't you, in that respect? And if we're solid, we're carrying that on from to the end of last season. You know, We've lost Idrissa, but we still seem to be able to to get through these games and, and not concede too many chances. I w- and I looked at the fixture list, first 14 games, only three against teams who finished above yeah. us last season and i thought by the time we come out of that run of, of winner will fix fixtures and look we still might of course one win doesn't uh, one defeat doesn't no. doesn't um, shift everything the new players will be up to speed by that, by that point um the team will be starting to fully click more into gear and i was thinking if we do 14 games and we get positive results we don't play brilliantly but you can see we're building and the players are getting fit i i'll, I'll still be still be happy but of course it's it's about Results, isn't it? Unfortunately, and, and
2: but Chris, this this season we said you know the Gomezes, the Rashalsons, the Bernards. You know this is their second season; yeah. they'll be much more settled. You yeah. know they'll 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 just yeah. they'll they'll be so much better. You know and I, you know I, I just feel there's a little yeah. bit of a malaise amongst the team. You know and and they're not quite kicked down again. You know I mean yeah. I don't know whether they were there was an anger last season when they'd had that pe- bad period and that almost galvanised them into playing the way they did near the end and they, they need to get that back possibly
3: Yeah I hope, I hope it's not a malaise but you're right that none of those three plays I mean um, we had the goal last week from Bernard against Watford but certainly Gomez and um, Richarlison have not been at those stellar levels expected um, from them I hope it's not second season syndrome I suppose Richarlison's already had two years because he had the year at Watford mm. but yeah, he's come back from Copa America there. Obviously, the successor, he had a real up-and-down tournament in that he, he he started, then lost his place, got ill with the mumps and then had this heroic return to score in, in the final. So you'd hope he'd be buzzing off that and um, looking forward to the season to build on his, his heroics with Brazil. But for whatever reason, yeah, he's not doing it. We've mentioned already... Andre Gomez, um, there's a lot of love for him, but you know a, a, a real stinker by all accounts last night at, at Villa. So, yeah, we whereas we have the uh, the patience with those new signings to, be, to bed them in. We are expecting more from the from these um, big name players who have done so well last season. And I hope it's not a malaise. I just I hope it's that they're, they're feeling their, their way back in because we need those sort of players to, to, to hit the ground running and build on this, as Phil has alluded to, is a reasonable start in regards to fixtures and get those those points in the board early because we saw that season that Everton finished fourth. If you can get those points on the board early, that can be the springboard for the whole campaign. Set the tone, build the confidence in the squad and you want to get those results in early. I mean, last night's Result. I mean, it was very disappointing, but it's not entirely unprecedented. You throw one in like that the first couple of weeks of the season. Hopefully, they've got that of the system now, and they can uh, they can sort of um, kick on in the weeks ahead. Well,
2: we I felt we were a little bit flat uh, through there for a moment, but now Phil's, uh, Chris has just uh, just filled me with a lot of inspiration there. And bring, and on, the, bring on wolves! <laughs> yeah. Um, so thanks, lads. I mean, uh, one thing: if you listen to Anders Limpar a little bit later, and he'll he'll be up soon in the podcast I mean the guy's just got so much enthusiasm yeah. and, and so much uh, you know hope and and he he believes a lot in Marco Silva and believes he's going to go on and be a great manager so let's uh, let's end it on that mm-hmm. one but Phil and Chris thanks very much for joining us thanks, today
1: The Royal Blue Podcast from the Liverpool Echo
2: But now let's Hear from the assistant manager, luis Boamorte, who uh, came over, of course. I remember luis Boamorte when he was a player. Everyone does in the Premier League. Had a few scuffles with Everton in his time, I think. Um, but uh, I went to Finch Farm just recently and had a chat with uh, the former Portuguese international. And what a great guy. He really is a nice guy. And uh, this is him talking about the reasons, I guess, as to why he came to Everton. And his uh, relationship with the manager, Marco Silva.
4: The the manager invite me to to come to come over and work because uh, one of the, the staff members have gone. Uh, then invite me. Then uh, yes, as um, uh, I would say that all the all the years I spend in um, in in England and in the Premiership and all that. So that I'll see uh, that was an invitation that couldn't turn it down and. Um, yeah and uh, i accept so just we just have a chat um, because in this this is always um, a way to see how people work and uh, because everyone works different way and and all that so then yeah because i was in a, in a different in a different country a different league completely different than in english league then uh, yeah but uh, so far, so good. Uh, and you know Marco quite well, don't you? D-
2: tell us a little bit about your history together.
4: Yeah, we we played together when we, when we were 15, 16. Then uh, yeah, <laughs> we moved opposite ways and we played against each other. Uh, but uh, we, always <coughs> we always had um, uh, a good relationship. But at the end of the day, uh, it's not... Uh, wasn't uh, uh, all about good relationship that uh, make me inviting, I think because I uh, think, he, seen him seen him working uh, as we we've been the same club and um, in different different uh, group age groups and you know, like mm-hmm. I was with the 19th and with the B team and he was uh, the first team, but we were working for the same club and um uh, yeah, you always been like uh, a fair manager in terms of uh, uh, when you have to to be uh, working hard so working and when you have to be and keep the friendship so this is something that we never had a problem and uh, like we always we always been friends even that we talk different ways um, even when I start coaching uh, and all that and uh, Uh, we end up uh, going to the same club a few years later working for the same club a few years later then again opposite way you know and uh, but uh, he had his coaching team and all that and uh, of course you have to you have to respect decisions and all that Mm -hmm. then now um, he gave me a chance to be part of his coaching team then, uh, yes, I'm really happy and pleased for that.
2: I I guess a manager as well, as you hinted there, wants a challenge. You want uh, an assistant who's going to challenge him and and, 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 and offer up different things, I guess. Uh,
4: It's uh, it's not uh, uh, the thing to offer different things, because when you become part of a coaching Mm -hmm. team, then now uh, we all together, of course, then uh, we have to challenge each other, as you said. And uh, uh, because the coaching team is me, then and have Hugo, Bruno, mm-hmm. Gonzalo, Duncan, and you know, also everyone to um, to give his opinion. And uh, but at the end of the day, the manager has the final word. So now we have to support. Uh, but of course that is always willing to listen to us and uh, to see our opinion
2: And I, I suppose Everton fans will know you as a former Fulham player West yeah. Ham of course won the league with Arsenal yeah. and um, you had some feisty uh, moments with Everton in the past haven't you?
4: <laughs> yeah but this is part of football you know of because course. when you uh, at the time I was working for Arsenal then I was working for Southampton then for Fulham then for West Ham so we just have you just have to to be professional, professional as you can, and uh, defend the colors you're working for. Mm-hmm. So that uh, was in the past. Then I uh, was a was a player. Um, now uh, I'm a, I'm from the Everton family in, a, on a, in the coaching staff. So I just have to to fight for Everton. Uh, I remember that uh, it's always a tough ground to come coming play because mm-hmm. really passionate supporters and all that. Uh, so now, uh, of course, I'm in, on this side, so now you have to make <laughs> harder as possible for the other clubs. You use that for your benefit now. <laughs> yeah, of course, you know, uh, but this, this is football, you know, so I'm, uh, I'm very happy, very pleased to be here. Uh, so far, so good. It's been really good uh, from uh, all the staff, uh, and then coaching staff as well. Good welcome that the people that I deal uh, daily basis. Uh, but all the rest of the staff, uh, included you yeah <laughs> <laughs> he's one of the best <laughs> yeah <isn't he>? <laughs> <laughs> no, all, all the no, the staff and the, the players been working really hard so uh, hopefully we have a good start to the season just finally I must ask
2: you um, I think it was Marco a defender uh, was he a right yeah. back i think maybe a yeah, full back he was he any good did you come up against him or did you yeah, did we, you get we,
4: the better we, of him we, <laughs> i think it was better when we used to play the same team because after <laughs> then we, we we move opposite ways that we played against each other you know so uh um, the tough opponent was he yeah, yeah yeah he was really he was tough uh, right back you know but uh, as um people as people know him from know me from uh, playing in England so mm. when I was at the youth side was I was the same you know exactly the same mm. so um, always have uh, tough battles with the right backs you know but <laughs> that's <laughs> that's the way it goes you know <laughs> cool.
1: the Royal Blue podcast from the Liverpool Echo
4: well,
2: there we are, Lewis Boamote. and uh, I'm sure you'll you'll agree, uh, a really nice guy and pleasant guy, and uh, let's wish him luck in his job uh, helping Marco Silva to uh, to get victories for Everton. Now, as far as uh, Marcel Brands is concerned, of course, a really busy summer this summer, as all the transfer windows will be for him and have been for him. Uh, brought what seven players in in the summer. Um, he's been talking to me a little bit about. Uh, the new signings and how he brings players in, and in particular, Iwobi and Gomez. Well, it
0: was not an easy one uh, also because uh, yeah, a young boy with, uh, that played already a lot of games in, in the Premier League and in, in Champions League and Europa League. Um, but in our eyes, um, yeah, a boy that can play in different positions, uh, play from the side, he can also play behind the striker. Um, mm. In our team, we have not many competition with with uh, much competition with with uh, Gilfi. Um, so I think we have managed it now also with uh, with, you, with Alex. But it is a boy, uh, 23 years old, already quite experienced. And, and but the most important thing, he has um, um, goals and assists in his in his game in the way he's playing. And I think that's also a thing that we were looking for. The biggest help in that was. Uh, our friends they, they, uh, they loved him from the first day and that gives the Andre a, a great feeling here in this club and that helps me a lot in uh, the negotiations that I had uh, with, with Barcelona because there was some more interest from him uh, from other clubs in England also and when Andre decided "No, I want to go to Everton that helps me a lot in uh, the negotiations with Barcelona and um, so that was a great job uh, for me uh, that the fans did for me.
1: The Royal Blue Podcast from the Liverpool
2: Echo. Well, there we are, the impressive Marcel Brands, and uh, I'm sure once January comes, he'll be busy. He may have a little holiday, I think, in the next week or so, but uh, he'll certainly be busy again when it comes to uh, the January window. And well, but a long way to go before that. And uh, going back even further now, with uh, with the former winger Anders Limpar. He was a he was a great player, wasn't he? A really great talent uh, on the wing. Uh, came from Arsenal, of course, and um, certainly impressed there, won trophies, and he did so at Everton as well. I've been talking to him for, from his home in Sweden uh, about his time with the Blues.
5: I chose Everton because I'm, uh, I've been an Everton fan for, since I was 10 years old, and, uh, wow. and obviously I chose Everton because of Mike Walker as well. I, I, um, I thought at the time that he, his football w- was suiting me, uh, but uh, over the next six months after that, uh, uh, Mike wasn't wasn't the best manager for Everton at the time. So uh, we swapped to Joe Royal, and that uh, that was uh, hell and, and and heaven if you, if you can say. <laughs> but I really I really liked uh, Mike Walker at at the beginning, uh, and then he uh, he fell out with the, some of the players, and uh, we we weren't good at the time. So uh, thank God for, for Joe Royal that, uh, that he stepped in.
2: Yeah, it's funny that you refer to heaven and hell because you had a strange relationship with Joe, I think, didn't you? It was, it was, it was uh, I don't know, love-hate is the right term, but, but you certainly had your moments with him, but also he had such adman- admiration for you.
5: Yeah, I mean, uh, like all the players have with their managers so over a, a, a long period of time, um, he was like a father to me. He, he really took care of me uh in the beginning and uh you, you ca- i can't agree that we fell out mm. uh on each other uh, that, that's a little bit harsh um, but um, we had a, a few discussions uh, we weren't uh, agreed uh, on on uh, everything mm. like plays and manager. and uh I, I didn't play good in, in in spells of time and he dropped me and then uh, put me on the bench and obviously, as a player, you, uh, you want to play. You don't want to sit on the bench. So that was it. We, we didn't have any disputes or, uh, or anything like that. It was just a relationship manager and player, and he had to play the best team. And some of the, the, the games, uh, I, I wasn't good enough to be in the, in, in the starting lineup, to be fair. Mm-hmm. But, 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 but having said uh, but, that,
2: uh, mm-hmm. I, I, what I was going to say was, having mm-hmm. said that, the fans loved watching you, watching your style of football. You excited the fans. And I guess that must have been difficult for him to make that decision.
5: Yeah, of course. Uh, we had uh, a couple of great uh, wingers at the time. And, and uh, obviously, as a manager, I thought we had 16 really good players uh, who could play. And you, you can only play with uh, 10 players in a goal. Go- goalkeeper obviously and then you have to drop a few names and uh, put them on the bench and he had to drop me um, a couple of times uh, and put me on the bench Uh, i mean i have no problems with that as long as uh, we were winning but at the time you you're really pissed off as a player because you want to play Mm. Uh, but i i um, i probably rate you royal as the best manager i ever had really because i i play yeah i played my best football in my career 95 90 around 94 95 there uh much better than than arsenal for for, for example uh, so uh i go i mean he 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 was really really good for me uh, royal. so uh, i can't agree that we had this dispute
2: well, let me take you back a little bit before that, and that famous game against Wimbledon, uh, yeah. <laughs> which you, yeah. were, you were very much involved in, weren't you? What was it like? Yeah. I mean, what was that day like for a player, uh, Anders? Uh, very frustrating. Uh,
5: I mean, um, Everton been uh, up in, in, in the top flight for so, so many years, and then suddenly you have the knife uh, against your throat. Uh, to, okay. you, you had to win the game to stay up. Uh, obviously the 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 bad start we had with um one nil two nil down uh, we showed some character to be honest to you we we had some great characters uh, in in the game in the team at that time uh, Joe yo parkerson barry Horn, john Eberl, uh, graham Stewart, uh answorth we we had such a great character so i'm just glad to to <laughs> to be part of that game actually because uh it was a life changer for for Everton at the time. Mm. Uh, to go down, uh, it's it's bad for the economy. It's bad for everything. It's bad for the city and everything. So. So to win that game, that's probably top three in my in my in my book over great wins.
2: And 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 did you get the sense if you needed it that how big a club Everton was with that occasion? If you like, you know, because yeah, you know, you know, it, it sort of came across to everybody how big a de- a deal it would have been should we have gone, you know, relegated.
3: Yeah,
5: of course. I mean, um, Everton uh, is part of the history as as the top five best teams in England. I mean, when it comes to uh, great sides uh, back in the 70s, and then we had a great side uh, in the middle of 90s. So we have some history. I mean, to to go down, it's it's awful for for the club. It's awful for the fans. It's really, really bad for for the economy. Mm. Uh, So uh, I'm glad actually we stayed up
2: um, so, before we talk about the 1995 FA Cup triumph, which I want to talk to you about because you played such a mm. big part in that, um, mm. uh, following that, obviously, as you say, Joe Royal came, you, you ended up out of the team. I remember uh, going away with uh, the reserve team with Jimmy Gabriel, I think it was, at the time. And, mm. and uh, yeah. you know, there's people like Vinnie Samways on the bus as well. And it was a really. Mm. How, how was that? How difficult was that for you, having come from Arsenal, being the player that you were? How difficult was that to cope with?
5: Yeah, I mean, it's always uh, hard for a player to, to actually to cope with it when when you you, you want to play and then suddenly you're, you're not in the team uh, when, when it comes to lack of form or, or injury or whatever. And I thought Vinny Samuels and I, me myself uh, was good enough to play in that side. But mm-hmm. you, you can't uh, argue with a manager because I've been a, a manager myself and you, you can only pick... Eleven players for for uh, for that game, and if if the team wins is is great, but if you're on the bench, uh, it's great great for the team. But uh, I mean, you you want to play, uh, mm-hmm. and then uh, it's not fun to be out the, outside uh, the team when when the team is success successful. Mm-hmm. So uh, um, when I look at it from from uh, yeah from now, it's just it's no problem because. Uh, you have to play with the best side, and and the manager always pick the best side.
2: But let's have a look at that FA Cup final, of course. And mm. you you played such a I mean you were. You were very much integral to the goal being scored, uh, with your mm. run—I don't know how many yards it was, you know—but it was certainly yeah. some run. Um, mm. uh, what what a character that team was! You talked about the character in the team who played mm. against Wimbledon, but the character in mm. that team, uh, with those players, with Duncan Ferguson mm. coming in—I mean, what was the speciality about that team? What was its what was its uh, you know jewel in the crown, if you like?
5: Yeah, I can I, I can only compare to the the Arsenal side I I played when we we won everything we won 6 trophies in 4 years and we in for for England at the time uh, uh great great top players you know mm. and when it come to uh, uh, to to have that unbelievable player uh like Ian Wright for example we we didn't have that we had uh 16 really really good football players. I mean, uh, no stars, if you can. If, if um, so, we. I probably think that we had we had better uh, team spirit at Everton uh, rather than Arsenal back in the days um, because we we, we liked each other. We were running for each other. We were running for the manager. Uh, we knew that we had to put in some hard work uh, to be successful, mm. and everybody did that. And then we we, we, we did have some flair um, uh, with the, some of the players, and, and we had Duncan up front, Neville in the goal. Mm. Uh, I, re- I actually loved to play for Everton back, back in the days. I really loved it because mm. I wasn't a hard-working player. We had players who were working hard, providing the, the balls to the wide players, and we did our stuff and, and Duncan and Graham Stewart. Paul Rider did their bit mm. and the defending. I mean we we had a, a perfect team mm. we, we probably lacked of, of one one big big start like yeah. Konselskis for example mm. Um, mm. and if we would have uh, kept that team over to '96, '97, '98 is rather than selling all the players we will definitely be up there and, and competing for the, for the big prize, you know, mm. to win the league. Yeah. And then suddenly Everton uh, start to sell players right and left. And,
2: and we, we sold actually that great side.
5: Mm. And and that that's a heartbreak.
2: Yeah, because I mean that that cup final, Everton were not supposed to win it, were they? You know, people thought first of all they wouldn't beat Tottenham in the in the in the semi final. Secondly, no. they wouldn't beat Manchester United in the final. Did you fear Manchester United in any way that day?
5: Oh yeah, believe me, believe me. <laughs> we were probably sixteen to eighteen players. A couple of stars, member. We 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 were a few back in the days, uh, mm. probably five. Let's say 2021 people believed in a, in a victory that day mm. in the whole world. Yeah, and that that shows some character that we we just said just go out and have a go. Mm. They will win anyway. That's that's what we thought. Like, and then we had a go, and then we uh, we were hard to to play against because we were. Really hard-working team with the flair, uh,
2: and a goalkeeper so, uh, like Neville Southall, I guess, is always a help. You know,
5: yeah, <laughs> And if we would have played that game, twenty games, United would have won nineteen probably. But uh, on that day, we, we were much better than United, and that 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 takes some beating actually to beat uh, United at that time.
2: And you've talked about. Um... You know, going on and becoming a coach, uh, and and did, was coaching something you really wanted to do? Because I know you did it a little bit, you, you know, at the end of your career, and is, is that something you still? You, is football still in your blood? Uh,
5: it is actually. I watch. Lo- I, I, I'm watching a lot of football, especially Premier League. Um, I've been a coach for 15 years, and everything I do, I've been taken from Willie Donaghy. Mm-hmm. Uh, our our trainer, if you can if if you can yeah. say, and obviously the the way Joe Royal was leading all the the players uh, was great as well. That was so professional. And but then when it comes to to me to to learn young players how to play football, it, it's the philosophy is from Willie Donaghy. Really? Uh, he was he was like a god mm-hmm. to me. I really really liked his practicing and, and the way how he built up the training sessions, you know, uh, I, I was so good when I was 30 years old, uh, and that probably is is the best time in my life when I was 29 to 30 years old. Wow. I, I was I,
2: I never better uh, before or after. When I played with Willie Donaghy, and um, I speak quite often to a good friend of yours, Kevin Campbell, who has nothing but good words about you. He says Mm. he's a fantastic Mm. player, but a fantastic man. Of course, you'll look back and and remember your fantastic times at Arsenal as well. I guess. Mm. Mm. Yeah, I mean that must be a special time for you as well. Yeah, of course, we
5: we had an unbelievable team. We uh, (laughs) we won everything, you know, and twice. Uh, Mm. Everywhere you looked, you had a, a national playing for 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 England national side, uh, and we were really hard to beat. And we we had the the special ingredients in the team. We had a goal uh, um, a goal scorer like mm. uh, Alan Smith and Kevin Campbell and Ian Wright. Yes, they were so trustable. Yeah. And then obviously we had the back four with David Seaman. Well, what, what more can you ask for? Uh, and then, and and then the rest with Paul Merson and me and and Paul Davis, Mickey Thomas. I mean, you hear that's an yeah. unbelievable
2: side. Yeah, fantastic team. Yeah, yeah, it I, is. Uh, I mean, wow. Do you ever get back to see Everton? Have you been back to watch Everton at all? Oh yeah,
5: a couple of times. And I'm coming back uh, in December as well. I'm going to see the Derby, 4th of December, at Anfield, and then I'm staying for. Saturday to when we are playing Chelsea at home on the 7th of December. Um, it might be the 8th, maybe, mm. if they, they change the venue. Yeah. So, uh, I'm definitely over in, in uh, December from the 3rd to the 8th of, of December.
2: And you, and you say, Everton, you still think they can finish in that top six. What makes you think that?
5: Because uh, we have uh, done some, some great signings. Uh, the players are... Uh, one year older and uh, they know Marco Silva what he's trying to achieve the only thing I'm concerned about you know you, it's very very hard to to replace uh, mm. I that, that's a, that was a personal favorite from, from for me uh, he was the, the engine in our team but let's say like uh, Sniderlin and, and um, Gomez and the new player dealt uh, okay. if 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 they can do some great things in in midfield, we have the, certainly uh, the players who, who can be much winners like Richard Leeson. I like him. Bernard is is looking good. Uh, we um, I think we we have a great side. It's it's very very close to the side we had 95, mm-hmm. and it's all down to the players now to 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 put in some hard work, mm-hmm. and we very very lookalike uh, the side. When it compares to the mid mid uh, of '90s, if Mm. you know what I'm saying. Yeah, yeah, I know what you mean. Yeah, Yeah. we're very very similar, Mm. and that's why I I think we can uh, be top five if we
2: put some hard work in. And and as far as you started a little bit of a Swedish revolution at Everton, really, didn't you? Because after that there was Nicholas Alexanderson, there was. uh oh his name escapes me. Uh who was a little midfielder played played in the World Cup? Tobias Linder. Tobias Linderov yeah. and it was the uh, guy who came from Manchester United whose name escapes me. I'm getting old now, so I can't remember yes, the name. That's the Tobias, man you've got it. Yeah. So it was a little bit the, of you started that the trend. first
5: one was Stefan though Of course uh,
2: it was, yeah, before, I'll give you that. Me, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But um mm. but no, I mean is, is Everton a big thing in, in Sweden? Is that you know, is there a lot of, do you spread the word?
5: Oh, obviously, uh, not as big as uh, United, Liverpool, yeah. and, and and Arsenal, uh, mm. because that was the the team all the Sweden looked at back then, back in the seventies. But mm. we have a a, a fan a fan club here in Sweden, the Toffees, uh, which is is a big fan club, like.
2: Three, four hundred members. So,
5: uh, yeah, we are are a few um, (laughs) toffees back in Sweden and and, uh, we're battling on.
2: I love it. Uh, Just finally, what we do, uh, Anders, I ask a few questions, you know, quick-fire questions, just one-word answers or two-word answers, whatever. um, I'll start with this one. Um, Who is your favourite teammate at Everton? Uh, Graham Stewart. Uh, What about your biggest opponent, hardest opponent? Hardest opponent back in the days must have been... um, Leeds, Leeds, and what about play up against? I guess it would be a full back, would it? Uh, Tony de Rigo, for sure. The best ground you ever went to?
5: Um, obviously, if you if I can't choose uh, Goodison Park, which uh, when you're successful, you you can't beat that atmosphere. Uh, to play at Anfield, it's unbelievable. If you were blue, um. Yeah. Ellen Road back in the days when Leeds were successful, oh. unbelievable crowd. So I'd probably pick Anfield and, 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 uh, and Ellen Road uh, together.
2: If you didn't play football, what other sport would you have excelled in?
5: Ice hockey for sure. I played ice hockey when I was up to 13 years old and I, I chose football because uh, I uh, could rather run better than i was skating <laughs> <laughs> who was the biggest influence on your career oh um
2: biggest influence uh, when it comes to manager or or whoever player or whole life you know who 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 were your biggest influence you know as far as you being a footballer
5: oh, that's special. that's definitely my dad uh, he's been a footballer Himself, he played for under 21 for for Hungary. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's been my my motivator, my my um, trainer, uh, my whole life. Uh, definitely my father. He he was so so clever when it comes to to uh, practice skills skills. You know, one we one and one we two. Uh, so I definitely have to say everything I I taught for my father. It's it's
2: unbelievable. Well, and best manager you ever played for. Joe Royal, for sure. What manager would you have played for if you could have? Uh, Guardiola. And just finally, uh, was there a club you could have signed for but didn't?
5: I could have signed for Marseille back in 1992. I was there in Marseille uh, and there was a 4 years contract, contract lying in front of me. Really? Uh, uh, yeah, uh, and I, so I, uh, I was so, so close but at the end... Arsenal
2: didn't uh, let me go. And how your career and your life might have changed if you'd have done that? Eh? Oh
5: yeah, for sure. Yeah. Unbelievable.
2: We, we wouldn't have known Anders Limpar as a great Everton player. That's for sure. Oh yeah, exactly. Yeah. I, uh,
5: yeah, and I've been a office since I've been ten years old. So.
2: What made you have, What a... made you an Evertonian, uh, Anders? What, what, why did you become an Evertonian?
5: Because my father always always said when I was like uh, ten, eleven, twelve, round there that uh, we had Imre Varadi, you know he, he was yeah. from hungary
4: oh my, okay. my my
5: heritage is from uh, from hungary and he said watch that play with Bob blackford up front you know and i started to <laughs> to watch them around the 76 77 78 you know around there i was 11 10 12 30 years old and i uh, i really loved the way uh, they were playing back in the days so, and i really uh, like i liked the love the ground
2: and everything about uh, Everton and I've been Evertonian since uh, 76 actually Wow, I mean, that, that, I, I tell you, if, if I could have been here all night trying to work out why you were Never Tony and I still wouldn't have mm. worked that one no. out about Imre Verradi. That's only,
5: only because <laughs> of Bob Latchford and Imre Verradi, I, yeah. uh,
2: I just finally, I've just got a little bone to pick with you actually. When we used to be on the coach and we were going to reserve games, you used to say to me, yeah. can I just borrow your club phone for a moment? And this one day I got called in by the secretary and he said to me, Alan, you're going to have to cut down using your phone, phoning Sweden. And I said, oh, I haven't phoned Sweden. And you'd been phoning Sweden. So I've got I, I, you still owe me a couple of pounds for that, if that's all right.
5: <laughs> OK, I'll I, I take you out for dinner for sure. Uh, so I, I use your phone to, to, to uh, phone to Sweden?
2: Yes, I think so, yeah. <laughs> love
5: it, love
2: it. Uh, uh, listen. You, will, you,
5: will, you will get some interest on, on that money as well. So uh, a few more extra p- uh, pints, will it?
2: Uh, in, and in, as you, in the right you, place you've repaid me by coming on the podcast so I really appreciate mate. you were always good fun at Everton you were always a nice player you, yeah. and as I say I, I think the Everton fans really appreciated the talent you had oh, and, I, uh, like,
5: I like to hear that so okay.
2: you know so hopefully we'll see you when you come over for the derby yes
5: definitely uh, I will definitely uh, be over in December
1: The Royal Blue Podcast from the Liverpool Echo
2: well, there we are, Anders limpo uh, promising to take me to lunch and I'll definitely keep him up, on, uh, up to that one um, when he gets over here for the Derby. Uh, good to hear from him and uh, we've got a couple more lined up in future weeks uh, of players from the 90s era. Uh, I'm sure you'll enjoy them. I hope you've enjoyed this week's uh, version of the Everton podcast and uh, as always, up the toffees and let's see if we can get a victory in our next game.
3: Bye for now.